Hey, hey, everybody, episode number 106. Uh, gonna kind of move along here. I actually, I took a couple hour break, sat down, played a little guitar. Um, I'm getting ready to go in and do a little recording next week and uh, try to get some of that done. I've been talking about some big plans with uh, my good buddy, Phil Wilson. Um, man, I really, really... I stop and I listen to all the different music that him and uh, the the band Flamin' Eddie and all of that and then stuff that I've wrote and stuff that me and Phil have put together and like all of it together like I'm sitting here and people that like pop in at my house and they're hanging out and they're like listening to what I'm playing and it's like old music that I've done or Phil's done or we've done or Flamin' Eddie's done and everybody's like dude who is this like who the heck is like who's playing on the radio i love this band and i'm just like well that's flaming eddie you're you know and uh <laughs> i'm like sitting there and it's the same reaction over and over again it doesn't matter if i'm playing something acoustical that i've thrown down and and i've I've tinkered with some of the stuff that Phil and I used to do in the past and and uh, showed people this stuff. And it's like, everybody's like, dude, why are you in Osage, Wyoming in your, like, micro-bedroom shack? Like, what? why are you not, like, doing good set up somewhere where you want to be in, in some beautiful country house somewhere? Like, why is this not, like, a thing for you guys? And that... I tell him the same thing about Phil. I'm like, dude, Phil's in Oklahoma selling insurance. <laughs> like, no, it's like you can completely just blow the minds of anybody that listens to this music. And and I get it all the time about the music. And I also get it about uh, things that I've done, different speeches, different, different things I've done with sharing these stories and stuff, just like the story y'all are listening to right now. Like, I get asked all the time, like, dude, why are you not out, like, doing, like, big, big venues and actually doing some, like, motivational, inspirational work and stuff? And so I've been talking to Phil a little bit about this. And I was like, dude, all right. Members, the Flaming Eddie members, like, what is it? What do we, we got to do to get all that put back together and stuff and uh, make something out of it? Because, look, this, this is what I... I really like this is what I really like and this is something that I've thought of like a dream of mine and a dream of mine is to be able to like jump up on stage and like talk to a crowd of people little bits at a time throughout a whole show somewhere and like be able to like share a little bit of hope for lives like because I guarantee and I and I I did this I actually I wandered around a little bit at a uh a concert last fall and I just talked to some random people and the funny the funny thing that that started this what actually started this was I showed up at this concert I was at a theory of the dead of a of the dead man theory of a dead man geez I cannot talk tonight but anyways theory of a dead man concert and um I'm like dealing with this problem with my foot and this dislocated bone and this fracture and stuff and i've been out walking around on this right so i go to this concert and i think i might have mentioned this a little bit back in an episode back in like like uh october i think it was october or september one of the two but anyways 
my foot was just killing me. So I went over and I sat down in this, this seating that's kind of off to the left side, off the left corner of the stage, if you're staring at the stage. There's like a box, a, a fenced-in box over there that is like covered with seating. And there's a whole bunch of seats in there, and that's actually the handicap section. Okay, so I, so I, I go over and I sit down in the handicap section. And the, the first lady that was there was like, well, that's for the handicapped people. And I'm like, lift my pant leg up. And she's like, oh, you know, so we get into this conversation, myself and a whole group of people that's sitting there in the handicapped seating at this concert. And I'm like talking to him and stuff. And we're all chatting about this. And, and I told him, I said, you know, I wish I could just have like 15 minutes on that stage to just talk to this whole crowd of people you know i'm here listening to freaking badass music I'm, I'm loving it it was a great show but this crowd of people here like i really wonder how many out of this crowd of people so let, pretending that there is like three thousand people there out of that three thousand people how many of them need just a little bit of like positive inspiration in their life like i know a lot of people when i walked around and i was talking to people like i'd make a trip to the bathroom and on my way like i'd just talk to random people back and forth like i was going back and forth there and chatting with random people and about everybody i chatted with i would say nine out of every ten they're like, yeah, you know, I'm just having a rough time right now and needed to get away for the night. And what a better way to do it than go to a Theory of a Dead Man concert. And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I'd like, I'd like just sit there and talk to them for a minute. And they're like, geez, man, like you need to be telling this story. And, and I tell them, you know, I'm writing this book. It's going to be great and everything. But like, by the time I get that book done, like, I think it would be cool to be able to jump on stage and I would love to do like an acoustical deal or even just jump in and and uh, do some do some uh, rhythm or something with the Flaminetti side of things and uh, maybe maybe get Phil tied up on some acoustic stuff and do some acoustic stuff do like a three-hour show and like in the middle of it do some storytelling you know like Play a few songs, tell a little bit more of the story. Play a few more songs, tell a little more of the, of the story. And like, send people home after some badass music and send people home rethinking their feelings about their life. Like, I just, I feel like that would be the coolest thing. Like, I, I listen to uh, uh, Justin Furstenfield a lot. And, uh, I, I, I love that guy because he, which if you guys don't know who he is, he, uh, Justin is the uh, lead singer, the, the founder of Blue October. Okay. Great band. I, I love that band. And I, and if you listen to their albums from the beginning to the, to the newest stuff, you'll hear a change in his, in his writing. Like you can hear where he was uh, just partying like an animal and where he was struggling with life and where he was recovering 
and where he was like making amends with himself like you can hear it in the way it all plays out and something that he does he does a lot of like little solo uh gigs where it's just him and an acoustic guitar i've watched several videos and he does a lot of uh a lot of like inspirational speaking to his audience and and you know he plays them a little music and stuff and like they get a heck of a show you're not not just getting a concert you're getting like a a huge uh therapy session you know and i just i love shows like that i i i just watched one a little bit ago um about uh it was uh like a real inspirational speech that was uh um given by ivan the the lead singer of five finger death punch and he just he like right in the middle of his show started talking about this this real inspirational piece and this story that he had for everybody and like that's the stuff like you say stuff like that and you share those stories and then chase it with good music that gets right into your soul like what a better experience like that that's just just cool you know and in my situation where I go from being paralyzed and, and and I lose my ability to even hold a guitar, let alone play it, and uh, I jump into this this uh, like track in my mind that's like determined to play that guitar, and I do it. Like and I and I treated myself. I had a lot of people like, "Hey, you're still playing the old uh, Yamaha or the old Fender?" Like I had an old Fender acoustic that that I'd picked up and it was a really nice guitar. It was actually the guitar, the guitar that I had or one of them when I, uh, when I ended up in the hospital with Guillain-Barre, it was a Fender T-Bucket. It's like one of their lower line, yeah, midline acoustic guitars. It was a, a really cool guitar. And uh, that was kind of my baby. When I went into the hospital, I was playing that guitar the night that I discovered that my fingers were just like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. And then within 24 hours, yeah, we were not doing that anymore. There was no more guitar playing. So, like, that guitar kind of haunted me. And it just kept popping up throughout my journey there. And then the the thought of it, like, this, this guitar, I was dreaming about it. You know, like, I mean, it was crazy. But it was, like, ripped away from me. Like, And I was on this track in my musical career. To I honestly feel like the stuff that I was writing and... And everything and what Phil kind of had going on and with our uh, capabilities with the uh, recording swaps and stuff like I really feel like we could have done something at that time I think it I think it was very doable and uh, I just I was kind of discouraged by the whole thing because I was like damn it you know like we were that close like the whole time growing up since I was a little kid I was like I want to be a rock star and it wasn't working out. So every time I turn around, something different come up. I had kids. That was one thing that came up. And uh, not that I would change that for anything, but like it really does. It slows you down. Like you kind of reprioritize everything that you do with your life. And and uh, so I like I, I had to be a dad. You know, like that's what I. I chose to do that. I, I chose to create them. So I, I chose to sit back and take care of them and just be the cool dad that plays guitar, you know? So, you know, he kind of went down that. Well, then they developed digital 
uh, exchange and stuff for for recording. Like, so I could literally in the comfort of my home, I could record a track, send it through the the interwebs, right through a email or something, right down to Phil. He could load it into his his recording studio and and play it. And we're we're working on gonna start doing that here. So like I said, I'm next week. I'm gonna go in and do a little recording. And uh, but I'm actually gonna go into a, a home studios, uh, their actual studio. So I'm gonna go in and check that out, and I'm gonna get get Mr. Lance to to help me get some stuff laid down because I I really want to take the music with me somehow on this adventure of being inspiring to people, and and that's just it's it's. It's something that I really want to do. And I told Phil that last night. I was like, dude, if if we could if we could literally get the the flaming eddy stuff um off the ground, like people love that music. That music is that music's golden. I mean, I'm I'm not even kidding. I'm not even exaggerating. If you guys want to listen to some of that or one of my any of my listeners on this want to listen to some of that. Uh, Flame and Eddie or the Tempting Fate stuff that uh, we mastered up and, and started selling like I was talking about back in in one of the other episodes. Like if you guys want to listen to any of that, uh, First Steps Pro, all spelled out, lowercase, at gmail.com. That is my email address. That is my direct email address. That's not a business account or anything. That's my direct email address. I kind of host everything right off of that. So send me an email and I would be glad to send you a link to jump in on YouTube and uh, be able to listen to any of that music that you want to. And and the 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 new the new band name that that I am laying all this stuff down uh, and and Phil, I'm going to get him hooked up to to add on to this and to to lay out his magic he's a very magical guy um we're gonna go with the uh, last road home which i really feel like that is a very sentimental name to me and i think it is to phil too like it's just a name that 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 really grabs my attention as as who i am and who i've became and uh i just i i feel like that is going to be what takes this all away is the stuff that we put together for the last road home and and uh i don't know i was just sitting down i was sitting there playing a little bit ago when i took a break on podcasting i'm sitting there just kind of picking around a little bit and it's like man every time i sit down and start picking around i come up with something new and something cool like and it's good music like it's music that i actually i'll record it onto my phone just through through an audio recorder like a memo recorder and it goes right into my music uh library on my phone and when i do that i uh i actually get to listen to it like in my playlist on my on my actual music file so it comes up and like i the stuff that i've been coming up with over the last year is like stuff that literally i i'll take a two or three hour drive and i'll just listen to my own music (laughs) it's it's stuff that i love and i enjoy listening to and it's like every time i sit down and pick up my guitar it's like 
something new and exciting that I come up with. And I get all crazy about it. And, and I just, man, I want to share that with the world. But the music that's already out there, the the, the stuff for the um, Flamin' Eddie's stuff and then uh, the Tempting Fate stuff, like, I, it's all great music. Like, it needs to be out there and be listened to. And uh, I honestly, I honestly feel like it's, it's uh, something that tying all of that together, tying all that great music together with a good inspirational piece uh i think that would be a show that that would be just awesome and uh and i and i just i i love the uh i love the thought of that i just really love the thought of that being able to share some talent and 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 you get so much feeling that comes out in music like i i love when you're sitting there and you can just you can feel what that person was going through when they uh, wrote that song. And that's what I love about writing music with Phil. I write a little music with Phil or something and it's, it's like, we're so clicked that we're like on the same page with our feelings. And they, it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome how it plays out. And uh, there's never been anything that's came up between the two of us musically that I didn't like. Like I absolutely, I'm, I'm obsessed with the type of music that we come up with, and and I, I just, I really want to do something with that. And, but it costs money, and it 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 takes a lot of work to uh, be able to get that out there and and make something big out of it. So it's like, do I push a motivational, inspirational thing and just add music into it, or do we? push a music thing and we add motivational inspirational work into that and it's like i've got a lot of unanswered questions there and a lot of stuff that i just cannot make make the the best movement on but like i've got big ideas like that i've got that going on right now i i really want to get that going like i said i'm going to go into the recording studio next week and, and lay some of that down and and i want to come up with at least a couple good singles that that we put together and and uh, maybe do some video work with them and stuff. But they, I just, I just, I want that so bad. But, but I also, I am doing a bunch of uh, work for for some safety, uh, like training, like some public safety training for for uh, highway safety and, and road safety, like something that I'm pretty passionate about. And in the story, I'm kind of getting into this this uh part of my life that kind of just came out of the darkness um that i i didn't really know was a thing and that's this piloting stuff and and being able to get out and travel a little bit so and that's that's kind of where we were on uh on the uh on the bit about uh piloting was being able to get out there and travel but before i forgot i just totally drifted so the guitar thing. So I had that Fender tea bucket when I went into the hospital, and that's actually the guitar. The guitar that I uh, I gave up there for a while. And one of the episodes I was talking about how I just like it, it was like okay, get it away from me type of thing. And that was that guitar. Like it was it was a timing part of my life or something. And I picked up a different guitar, which is one of my favorite companies, which is a uh, Martin. It was a baby Martin. 
um, that I'd gotten after I'd gotten the electric guitar that I ended up with that had a little smaller neck. I ended up with this uh, this Mini Martin that I traveled around with for a while, and it was a smaller guitar, a smaller body, lighter, everything I could hang on to it. And, and uh, that was ultimately where I really started to pick up my acoustical uh, progression back. And, and once I figured that out, I told myself, you know, okay, once I get some of this down, I will replace the tea bucket that I got rid of. And, and I actually did. I replaced it with another tea bucket uh, that I had picked up at a guitar center down in Dallas, Texas. And I took off with that guitar and it was laying in the backseat of my pickup. And I'm going down the highway and I, as I'm going down the highway, I can hear this thing making noise on its own. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with that guitar? And by the time I got to where I was going, um, that guitar, the bridge on this guitar had literally peeled itself off and it was just like sticking up off of the body of the guitar. I called guitar center and I was like, Hey, we got a problem, man. Like I bought this and within 10 hours, the bridge came off and, uh, they're like, bring it in, you know, and we'll, uh, we'll exchange it. We'll make it right. You know, the guitar center is awesome like that. They, I've never actually had anything that I've gotten from them that was defective, but this Fender guitar that I bought from them, it had a defect and it, uh, and it wasn't nobody's fault. It might've been something that happened in shifting or something along the way. Maybe it got too hot or something, or maybe it, something that happened at the factory, but Guitar Center made it right. I ended up with this really beautiful mahogany um, Ibanez. And I was like, all right, same deal. I made a deal with myself. Like I played it and uh, I played this guitar and I was like, okay, when I learn, relearn this, this, and this, I'm going to buy myself a better guitar. And uh, my cousin he had a, a really nice Martin, like a $5,000 Martin and a really high end Martin, like a really awesome guitar. And he got this smoking deal on it because of the, the, uh, um, factories, uh, setback as far as how they were kind of back and be backed up on, on orders with guitars and stuff. So he made out like a bandit on this thing, but I always wanted a tailor. I was like, because I'd always go to the music stores and I'd sit down and play with these tailors and fall in love every time. Like, I'd fall in love. I'd want to, like, take it home and and uh, and live with it, you know? Maybe maybe get a marriage license. I don't know. <laughs> no. But no, I, I, uh, I made that deal with myself. And I'm going to tell you right now, hanging up in my house right now is a really nice tailor guitar that I treated myself with. I motivated myself i i went through the stages of relearning how to play that instrument and adapting to my crippled up hands that i still have i've i've made myself adapt and i created ways to play that guitar and and start writing music again and that's what i did i treated myself to a taylor guitar and and uh, and a, a really nice Fishman amp. Something else that I always wanted was a good amp that I could mic up and and have fun with. And and so that's the story of the guitar and and kind of kind of where that went. But but yeah, back on the story part of it. So that was that was 
part of the deal with getting out there and going piloting was it it opened up the doorways to get out there and explore you know as i was saying in the last episode it it opened up the doorway to be able to to uh, go out and travel and to be able to kind of redevelop ways of facing people and reintroducing myself to society and making myself uh, redevelop my confidence being out there and and that that really worked but something else that it really did for me was was uh, it gave me some time to like really just get out there like if you really want to just clear your head and like myself like that's something that was like really big to me was to be able to just think like I like having the, those periods of time where you can just think, you know, and every parent that's listening to me right now is like, man, I got kids. I can't think like I can never think like I can't even go to the bathroom and poop by myself without a kid knocking on the door like dad, you know, so I mean, like you can't think. Okay, but that that wasn't the case here, like. I, uh, I, I took this, this opportunity, you know, and I was, I was focused on, I mean, ultimately, like I had to do something to make a little bit of an income to help support my kids while I was fighting with trying to get on disability while I'm in a wheelchair and using a walker and, and going through all this stuff like disability is giving me the runaround and it's like, okay, I just can't sit here and do nothing like and, and that's part of that's part of what this whole story is about like if you're if you want to listen to a story of a guy that was pretty much told hey you're not ever going to be able to do this by medical professionals if you want to hear somebody that overcame that you listen to this story okay or if you want to hear a story of, of of a disability status like you you know somebody or maybe yourself you're going through a disability uh with your life or some some kind of limitation and you're fighting with that system if you want to hear a story of somebody that's just totally kicked that system's ass then you need to listen to this story like that's really what a lot of this is about like i'm gonna i'm throwing out there a lot of different things that uh that i had to do like I had to do something like just like when I when I was living in the motel and I started an advertising business so I could eat like that's a that's a message that I'm throwing out there I'm, I'm, I'm laying that out there so people understand hey I don't have to starve like I can come up with something to uh, to do to better my situation and that you know and then this right here this is another stage in case y'all missed that part of this uh jumping into this pilot car was a totally totally new deal like i literally i was i was like i said i was fighting with disability i was struggling still and i was i was like all right and then somebody stepped up and said hey like do you think you might be able to do this if like some of the other people help you with the physical side of things like you think you you might be able to do this and there is a part of this there's people out there people out there that would have been like absolutely not like i don't even want to try like i'm just gonna sit back in my recliner and wait for disability to give me an approval even if it takes the next two years there's people out there that are like that no i don't i don't even want to try to do that because it might mess up my 
my status of getting approved for disability. Okay. That's not how I am. Like I am that guy that it's like, okay, these guys are, are screwing me around. My kids are struggling. I'm struggling. Like, here's an opportunity of something to try. Like I might fail, but how do you even know that you're going to fail unless you don't go out there and at least give it a little bit of effort. And that, that's exactly what was going on with this piloting gig. And I kind of wanted to clear that up in this episode. Because I, I did have some people say, like, well, why don't you just wait for disability? Like, you know, well, yeah, I'm not just going to sit back and put my life on the back burner while I'm waiting for something that's totally bogus to uh, jerk me around. Like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kick some ass at life and keep going. Like, I got to do something. Like, this is... This is, there's no questions about it. And that's why I'm out on the road in this section of the story is I'm out there making an effort to put myself back into the world as some kind of a productive individual and keep listening to this story. I guarantee you the direction it's going with this right now in this story, I'm cruising around in a, in a 2005 Toyota Camry that was, that was built by an old boy that had a passion to make money. And to, and to do things productive as a business. And, and I pick those traits up. And this man helps me with so much stuff from this point on. I left you off in the story, stranded in North Dakota in the last episode. We come back in the next one. I promise we'll pick that up right there. But uh, we're all out of time right now in 106. So I'm going to let you all go. I'll see you back here in 107. And we'll pick it up with uh, with being stranded in North Dakota. And uh, we'll continue this little journey on and let you know exactly where where I take all this self-motivation that I developed. And uh, we'll see where it goes. So God bless you guys. I appreciate you listening. Uh, watch out for the rain.